In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The word of God. Please be seated. I could read the mind of some of you here this morning and what you're thinking as we go on into the book of Mark. Pastor, why the book of Mark? I mean, if we're going to celebrate this season with a nativity and a baby Jesus and some shepherds and a star and some wise men and Mary, we should be in the book of Matthew or Luke or, or, or if we want something cosmic and awe-inspiring, let's go to the book of John. But, but Mark, Mark's Advent story, Mark's Jesus is a grown man. He's a grown-up. And I know that a grown-up Jesus doesn't really feel like this particular season's character, right? It's not quite what we are used to seeing on people's lawns. Well, let's keep in mind that the nativity season is not exactly synonymous with the Advent season. Let's remember that while indeed the Advent season encompasses the baby Jesus. It is not exclusively about the form of, G of God as a baby. Advent means the arrival or the coming. So the Advent season is really about the coming of God. It's about Jesus being here amongst us, Emmanuel. And in Mark's Advent story, Jesus arrives on the scene. Jesus is Emmanuel, just not as a child. He's, he's still the King of Kings and the Messiah, but Mark's Advent story has Jesus as a full-grown adult. So this season, if you didn't put out your nativity scene, or if you... Um, couldn't afford one, I want to give you permission not to worry about a nativity scene. It's okay. You can see it on other people's lawns. They'll have it there, and, and uh, surrounding baby Jesus will be uh, the unbiblical number of three wise men, and they'll have, uh, uh, they'll have uh, the snowman with him and reindeers and, and all of that, and you wouldn't have to worry about that. I believe what's more riveting, though, about this Advent season beyond the decorations and the gifts and the lights and the amazing smelling Christmas tree can be found in this particular portion of Mark's Advent story in Jesus' baptism. Now the picture that, that Mark draws for us starts off very normal. There's nothing that's extravagant about this day. It's an everyday human-like Jesus. Jesus is human, and he's participating in an otherwise un unimpressive activity that's being done by many. That is a baptism. And so here we see Jesus, very normal, in a very normal day, doing an activity that others could be found doing. Richard Rohr says this, God comes to us disguised as our life, in the ordinary, in the normal, in the everyday, God comes to us disguised. 
God isn't waiting for Christmas or for Easter. God isn't waiting for a special event. God isn't even waiting for church to happen. God isn't waiting for these things. He wants to tear the heavens open at lunchtime for us. He wants to be available and around and connecting while we're at work or sitting on our couch. God wants to interrupt us while we're walking the dog or putting gas in our car or trying to focus on our sermons while our kids are giving us noogies, telling us stories that no one knows the answer to. God wants to tear in to our normal life. Jesus, very normal human in an activity on a normal day of baptism, and Mark says that the heavens were sunder, were torn. Now, in ancient cosmology, the tearing that Mark, and Mark is referring to often is towards the, 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 uh, the moment or the space where God is communicating, contacting, or connecting with humanity. Where there's a divine and a human space that the two become one. So this tearing that happens that we see in Mark is in Jesus as God begins to move from a space afar from humanity to a space that is there among us. And Emmanuel. In Jesus, God is connecting with humanity, jolting us awake to a forgotten truth that we belong to God and that God loves us. We are jolted. The heavens are torn. There is a jolting that happens. Have you ever been experienced? Have you ever experienced a jolting out of your normal? Have you ever experienced a, uh, an average, normal, ordinary moment that was that that was jolted by something interrupting it? It happened to me on Thursday. On Thursday afternoon, the pastors were all out doing church projects, getting ministries prepared up for the weekend. The office staff left. And it was just me and my work, just a ton load of work. And so my, my office doors are open, but the main office is closed. No one's there. It's just me and my stack of things I have to do. And I begin to do it faithfully. I'm there. I'm busy. I'm getting through all the stuff. And, and as I'm working through, I, I take a quick restroom break. I pop into the restroom. I come out of the restroom, and as I come out of the restroom, I came into my office, and there was this hideously freakish bearded animal that jumped, lunged at my life, screeching with this, with this horrific sound. And in this moment, I'm scared. I, I'm angry. I'm frightened. I'm excited all at the same time. And so I begin to scream. And I, I, I ah! Lo and behold, it was Pastor Steve. He laughed and he laughed and he laughed about it. And we laughed a little bit together and then I fired him. <laughs> because between Steve and my wife, who often scares me, I'm going to run out of emotions. Like literally, Jesus is going to come back and I won't know how to act. Because I've used all of my, ah, that, you know, that thing right there. Steve just pops out. I don't know how he gets into the office. I, I think he lives in the ceilings and the roofs. I don't know how he got there. But he just, he just jolts me into life. I'm alive. And the business of my work in that moment stopped for me to remember that I'm alive. 
the arrival of Jesus not only signifies a jolting, a tearing, an interruption in the normal, but Mark points out that the spirit descending was obviously the spirit of God who intends to bear goodness and calls us to live. It jolts us out of our ordinary, out of our distracted ways of life to stop and recognize that there is more life to live in God. So, the interruption from the heavens was not violent, nor was it coercive. But the voice of prophecy echoes from heaven saying, You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And here's the wonder of the Advent season. Right here. This is it. That in Jesus... We can accept this proclamation given at his baptism as our own. We have been adopted into the family of God through the life of Jesus. At the birth of Christ, humanity already begins to experience salvation. Paul will put it this way in the book of Romans. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you do not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption when we cry, Abba, Father. This is a family reunion that we weren't aware needed to happen until the, the, the sky tore apart and we hear this divine voice speak into Jesus and into Jesus he speaks into us that you are loved and that you bring pleasingness to God. We are pleasing to God. Amen. So one of our wonderful dynamic members here, Dr. John Webster, who is the uh, professor of theology and history of Christianity, surmises that the Bible notion of the incarnation was not being merely a solution to the sin problem, but even more fundamentally the fulfillment of God's primordial intention from before sin to adopt humanity into the very Trinitarian being of God. Not through our divination, not through our becoming God, but through our oneness in Christ. In other words, it was always God's intention to adopt us into God's family so that we are God's own. And Jesus was always going to be the way that we connect into the triune God. This is it. This is the good news of Advent, that when we hear from the heavens, this is my child, my beloved, who I am well pleased, we too can stand and say, thank you, God, for loving me because of Jesus. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of this family. The birth of Christ is salvation for humanity. So here... In Mark, when the voice says, you are my son, the beloved, as an adoption through Christ, we can accept the voice is speaking for us. The God claims, not just for Jesus, but you and I as God's children. 
The Advent season is meant to jolt us from our distractions, our, our everyday living, so that we may hear God's forgotten truth, that in Jesus we belong to God, and so we are loved by God, and God is pleased with us. Maybe it's been so busy lately, you haven't slowed down enough to remember you are loved. Maybe you've had to struggle through a few failures and some mistakes, and it makes it hard for you to feel like you can be loved. Maybe you've been hurt too deeply or too often that you are scared to be loved. But the story has always been about you and I being the children of God through Jesus, fully loved as we are, and bringing pleasure to God. Sometimes we forget, and it takes a voice to tear open the skies. In fifth grade, I shared this story with the university students there in chapel uh, uh, about a month ago. In fifth grade, um, we went down for a beach trip because we went to school near the beach. And so every year they'd have a, a, a beach day and we would all go down there. And as we went down there, um, I was uh, fifth grade. I was already six foot two and I was, uh, I was about 275 pounds. So, you know, I was kind of a small guy. And, um, we went down there, and while we were down there, a couple of the girls from our class uh, got into the water and were playing in the water. And what happened was they, they slowly got pulled into a riptide, an undertow. And when they got rip, pulled into the riptide undertone, they were scared. But as, you know, as kids do, they were laughing. Ah, we're dying, huh? And it just so happened that I had a, a real big crush on one of the girls that was in the water. Being six foot two, 275, I said, I'm going in to save them. So I went in there and I said, girls, you need help. And they were like, ah, we're going we're gonna to die. And so I grabbed their hands and I pulled them out and they pulled out. And, and then something in my mind said, Icky, prove your manhood to them. Just stay in the riptide. Because our brains aren't fully formed until we're 25. And I said, yes, that's what I'm going to do. And the girl says, thank you. She says, come on, come on, let's go eat. And I said, no, no, I can handle the riptide. And they looked at me, and they said, are you sure? I said, yeah, I got this. And so they went in, and I stayed in the riptide, hoping that it would impress somebody. It impressed nobody. Lesson for young people. If you think you're impressing them, don't do it. Just be you. And there I'm in the riptide, and the riptide begins to pull and pull, and it didn't matter how tall or how strong I was. The nature of the undertone was that it was going to pull me out, and when I ran out of energy, there was nowhere to go. And so at that point, when I realized it was, I should get out, it was too late. It was too strong. The current was put sucking. And so I started to swim, and I started to swim. And, and, and I figured the best way out of this thing is to swim as hard and as heavy as possible. And so the riptide is pulling, and I'm swimming, and I'm swimming, and I'm not going anywhere. I'm running out of energy, and I begin to let water up above my nose. And so I'm swimming, but the water begins to cover, and, and it gets lower and lower. And I realize, I think this is I'm about to die. And so I yell out, help, and I see the yellow truck pulling up, and the guy with his uh, Baywatch, he little, looks out, he's buff, he's looking at me, and he pulls out, she's talking to him, I'll show you, sir, out there, and I'm like, ah, and I go underwater, and I say, God, if this is it, 
Okay, I just trust that you're going you're gonna to let me wake up in that glorious morning, Jesus. I've been good, I promise. And I come up the water, and he says, sir. And I can't hear him. I go back down the water, and I come up, and he says, sir, put your feet down. I said, what? Put your feet down. And I put my feet down, and I stood up, and the water dropped to here. <laughs> it was embarrassing. Needless to say, that girl didn't like me back after that day. Sometimes we need a voice to remind us in our struggle to get somewhere that what we need to do is put our feet down. That what we need to do is ground back down and see what it's all about. That there is indeed a solid rock. That Jesus in Jesus has made us available to God. That I don't have to fight the current, or try so hard, but that if I plant down and avail, avail myself to Jesus, that I am fully loved by God. There are seasons when we just, we've been trying so hard to make it that we've forgotten to trust the voice that gives us the solid ground to stand on. Let me give you solid ground of Advent good news today. You are loved. No more, no less. In Jesus, we have been adopted into this family that God had had for us long before, long before history. We are loved and we are pleasing to God. Better than trees and lights and gifts, may, be, may we be in wonder of how we are loved. I want to close by sharing a portion of one of our awesome blogs that um, were up this week. If you haven't been reading our blogs, get on there, check it out. Um, they've got, they've got fantastic, every day has been fantastic, but um, one of them really stood out for me this week. Um, and it was the blog by Chris James, as he speaks to love. I'll just read a portion of it. When Christmas came around, we got a tree and some lights and tried to decorate as best we could on my father's meager salary. I don't remember if we had any presents under the tree, but that wasn't important. My mother's favorite time of the year was Christmas. She had adored it and always made the most of it, playing Christmas music for months leading up to it. When Christmas Eve came, I didn't want to go to bed. What kid would? I delayed and tried everything under the sun to stay up longer. I begged, I pleaded, I needed water, I had to go to the bathroom, whatever was necessary to stay up just a little longer. Finally, my parents got us to bed, but it didn't last long. After a few agonizing minutes, which seemed like hours to me, I quietly got down from my homemade bunk bed, tiptoed into the living room, and pulled back the sheets to my parents' room. I cautiously crept over to my mom and whispered in her ear carefully not to wake my father. 
I pretended to be terrified by a nightmare and begged my mom to rock me in the old rocking chair, holes and all, which sat in front of the Christmas tree under the glow of the twinkling tree lights. Mom gently picked me up, cradled me in her arms, and took me to that old squeaky chair. She rocked me there, quietly snuggling me close for more than an hour. I was warm. I was safe. I was content. I was fully loved. I don't remember Christmas morning. I don't remember if I got any presents or not. But none of that mattered because I was loved. I don't know if my mom would remember that night or not as she passed away from cancer when I was 16. But I will never forget that night. That one moment changed my life and has forever shaped the way I view God. I don't see God as Santa Claus sitting up there somehow waiting to grant my every wish, but as a loving mother holding me close in her arms, rocking me to sleep. When I'm stressed, anxious, overwhelmed, or feeling like a failure, I stop and try to remember that night and remember that I am loved. In the end, that is all that really matters, that I am loved. The Advent good news isn't decorations or lights or a nativity scene or even a baby Jesus. The Advent good news is that we are loved by God. Take one moment, turn to someone, say, you are loved. Share that with one other person today. You are loved. As we close this morning, I pray that as you leave this place, You remember you have always been a part of God's family. That there was an adoption that was planned long before we were created in our mother's wombs. That God has a deep and profound pleasure in who we are. Fully and wholly as we are. That you may leave this place with your head high and your hearts above water. Knowing that the voice that comes from heaven says... You are my child, my beloved, in whom I am well pleased.